Hey, Sooner Nation. This is Wes Sims, former Oklahoma offensive tackle and three-time Big 12 champion. And you're listening to Locked On Sooners. Boomer! You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Sooners Nation, and welcome to the Locked On Sooners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Thank you for joining us on today's show. I am John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. And joining me as he does daily is former Oklahoma Sooners offensive lineman and host of the Iron Horse podcast, David Walker. You can follow him on Twitter at D underscore Walk74. David, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, John. I am coming down slowly from attending the Dodgers clinching the World Series in Game 6 here in Arlington. So I'm fired up about that. Lifelong Dodger fan. So I have to turn the page quickly here to talk center football, but I'm happy to do so. And joining us today, man, I'm, I'm pumped about this one. We got a former teammate of mine and a former incoming freshman with me. Uh, we came in together back in the uh, fall of 2002. We've got two-time Big 12 uh, two-time All Big Twelve safety, second-round draft pick of the Cleveland Browns, Brodney Poole. Brodney, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. How's everything going? Uh, we're doing good here. Just kind of at the halfway point of the season, and looking to you know continue the conversation around this team and see what we can what we can glean from you just as we go through talking about the defense today. And appreciate you hopping on board with us. And um, you know, there's a lot going on with the program and a lot of uh, a lot of changes in the defensive philosophy. So we just want to come and pick your brain a little bit today for the listeners and the fans out there that want to want to talk a little bit about the secondary. So uh, I know John's got some questions to get rolling with. Yeah. So just before we get into specifics about the defense, just kind of give us your overall thoughts on the Sooners to the first five games of the season. It started off kind of rough, uh, especially in the first couple games of conference play. They've had a couple of really nice games against Texas and then TCU. So how are you feeling about this team now that they're five games in? Uh, I, I, they're where I thought they would be, honestly, because, you know, you had this this uh, pandemic and guys didn't have a full like off season or in the spring it's just it's been tough for those kids and then you have a young quarterback and then the first two well those uh first two big 12 games against teams that have established quarterbacks right. and so uh, you knew coming in the offensive line was young i mean the best running back he opted out it's it was going to be tough and the defensive guys they're still trying to learn and get the scheme together so i mean it's I know people panicked at first, you know, those first two losses, those were tough, but I think the guys have rebounded and, you know, it's, it's, I, this season is, is, to me, it's exciting to see, watch these guys grow week in, week out. Brody, when you look at the offensive side of the ball for a minute and evaluating Oklahoma's offensive scheme as a defensive minded guy, when you look at what Lincoln Ryland's offense, what Lincoln Riley's offense does, why is it so hard to defend and what is it that's different about maybe some more traditional offenses that, you know, from your day in the big 12, what do you see that he does so well that makes it hard to defend? Well, when, uh, you know, when we were playing, you know, it was mainly stop the run and then sometimes team could pass and it wasn't, they weren't really stressing you out like uh, they do now. 
And I actually, I had the opportunity I, at Baylor. I was with Coach Art Browse, and I was actually I was on the uh, offense side of the ball. I got to coach uh, with the receivers, and so I got to learn that offense. And you know, it's everything is similar to what uh, what they were doing at Baylor, and it's just you put the defense in pretty much stress mode because they can never really be right. You mm-hmm. could take you could take away something, but you're going to give something up. And so I think Coach Riley, you know, with the athlete that he has has that. And the QBs that he has, he puts pressure on defense and on defense in pretty different, uh, different scenarios and different ways that, you know, back then we didn't have. And I mean, it's, it's tough to play defense now. These guys, you got to be able to cover. You got to be able to tackle. You got to do it all. And before we get into talking a little bit more about the, uh, I want to I want to pick your brain on Spencer Rattler, but because you were a wide receiver coach, I also want to talk to you about the wide receiver group, uh, because this has been an interesting kind of case study. We expected Charleston Rambo to kind of take the lead and emerge as the wide receiver one for the Sooners, but it's been a couple of young guys in Martin Mims and Theo Weiss that have really taken over, uh, especially over the last couple of weeks. What yeah. are they doing uh, that's allowing them to kind of emerge as? Spencer Rattler's kind of number one wide receiver options. I think uh, so. Going back to the offense, what Coach Riley does is, you know, everybody thinks thinks it's so tough, but the offense really is is simple. And so when it's simple, you allow young guys to come in, and you know, you tailor to their talent, and you let them play. You just tell them, hey, go out there, you win your one on one battle, and that's what those young guys are doing, and they. They're making it tough on opposing defenses, and they're doing such a great job, man. It's 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 really enjoyable to watch those young guys come along. As you know, in two years, they're going to be really, really good. Yeah, absolutely, and and it helps to have an offense that is so wide open, and like you said, it it kind of plays to these guys' strengths. Um, so, looking at Spencer Rattler, what is it that he does well that allows Lincoln Riley to really open up his offense? Man, I think he's a complete quarterback, man. I'm, I've been so impressed with this kid, man. And I think his the moment that I was like, yes, I, I, I love this kid was the Texas game. You know, he got he didn't start off strong. He got pulled, but you saw him on the sideline. He was helping out. He was cheering for his teammates. And then he went back in. You know, he pretty much won the game for us. And so, you know, a guy like that that has a composure and – the attitude to come back and, you know, and a lot of young guys, they're just going to tank. They get pulled. They be like, oh, it's over. I'm, I'm, I'm done here. But he came back out. He fought. And that's what you want to see as a, as a teammate of his, you know, you'd be like, you, I want to go fight for this guy. And he's such a special guy, man. And you could tell. And I, I just hope that they give him more help in the run game. I think that's really been the problem this year. If is honestly, Everything else is great, but if they start running the ball better, it'd be even better. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. And, and we started to see them begin to establish the run a little bit better uh, with TJ Pledger over the last couple of weeks. Uh, he's had a couple hundred yard games, first against Texas, then against TCU. How can this offensive line continue to grow and, and uh, just build on what they've done over the last couple of weeks moving forward? Uh, I think they just got to keep playing just hardball, man. Just be be beast in the trench, man. Like, uh, don't let anybody touch your quarterback. And when they try to touch them, you make sure that they feel it. And I just think they got to play with an edge because they're all because they're it's a young group, and you know you have one guy that's been there 
and he's 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 a great leader. So I think that they're going to be the more games that they play, and by the time the end of the season comes around, they'll be where they need to be. And with that, we're going to get Bronny's take on the defensive side of the ball coming up next and just what the difference is for the Sooners from the first couple of conference games to the current two-game winning streak for the Sooners coming up next on the Locked On Sooners podcast. But first, let me ask you a question. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? Well, College Football Saturdays offer the perfect opportunity to watch football with the only beer that's made to chill, Coors Light. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Even though there are fewer teams playing on Saturdays, there are still plenty of games and other sports going on to give you the opportunity to relax and have a beer. So whether you're having a beer with friends, cooking some meat on the grill, winding down from working in the yard, or watching a full slate of college football games on Saturday, make sure you reach for the official beer of watching any sport or any team just to have a beer. So when you want to reset from a long work day or to enjoy while taking in your favorite team, reach for the beer that's made to chill. You can now get Coors Light in its new look delivered straight to your door by get, going to get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And now I want to tell you about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much at a storefront auto parts store when you can go to rockauto.com and save? So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Okay, we are still here on the Locked On Sooners podcast, and we are still with Brodney Poole. He is discussing uh, what he's seen from the Oklahoma Sooners over the first few games of the season, and now we want to pick his brain uh, on the defensive side of the football because he was an all-Big 12 uh, safety for them. And so, Brodney, talk to us about the defense. What is it that they're doing over the last couple of games that has allowed them to have so much success that they weren't doing against Iowa State and Kansas State? I think they're executing way better, man. Like if you look at those first few games, I mean, their eyes weren't in the right places. Guys were losing contain when they were in zone. They were looking at, uh, they weren't looking at QB or they were coming up with, out of the zone when they weren't supposed to be. You know, it was a lot of just things that really happened in camp that usually get corrected or like the first few games, but the thing that, that really happened that they struggled with is that they gave up the big plays when they were doing these things. And so it made it worse than what it really was. But now I think they're, uh, these, these few games, these past few games, they have corrected a lot of those things. And that's a testament to the coaches. They've been doing really, really well, man. I'm proud of those guys. Brodney, one of the things I saw in those losses was missed tackles and, you know, especially, uh, a lot of those were coming from the secondary and allowing for some of those big plays. And, you know, w- one of the plays that comes to mind was a quick slant and he's gone or a quick out and we miss a tackle and they go for, you know, 40 more yards. But it seems like the last few weeks we've shored that up to where they're not, we're not giving up the big plays. How much do you attribute that to just better tackling 
better discipline. What do you feel like has been the biggest difference from the two losses to the back-to-back solid defensive performances? Uh, I think they're playing with uh, more tenacity. If those guys are all – if one guy misses, misses a tackle, it's another guy there to help clean it up. And I think a lot of those times that you weren't – like any like uh, any uh, good defense that I've played on, a great defense, we never actually talked about tackling. It was just – it was embedded in us. It was an attitude. And so you're seeing now that these guys are playing with a different attitude and they're playing with a chip on their shoulder, which is good. And they're going down and tackling them much better. Well, and we had so we had Rufus Alexander on uh, last week, and one of the things I was asking him about, and I get your take on this too. You know, with Alex Grinch, him having that philosophy, and they've sort of backed off of it a little bit the last couple of weeks, and I don't think it's any coincidence that they played better. Uh, but, but the whole conversation around forcing turnovers and the emphasis on that. And I can even remember when he first took over, they had a, a segment on ESPN where yeah. Kenneth Murray, those guys were talking about stripping the football and how they were going to you know, attack ball carriers and to create turnovers. Do you feel like they got in their head a little bit and they were doing that too much to a detriment? Uh, that, that did, especially Iowa State game. I could tell that they were so focused. Like anytime they weren't making the play on the ball or doing like the tackling, you know, guys were stressing out, you know. Sometimes you just got to move on to the next play, especially the secondary guys. You can't – if you miss a tackle, you got to be, okay, I'm going to make the next one. And it seemed like at times they were they were getting – it It was getting in their heads and they were letting it drag on to the next play. But I think like these last few weeks they've been doing much better. Yeah, it seems like they're they're doing the simple things a lot better. And against Texas, that kind of – that ended up leading to the turnovers. So they weren't yep. – kind of playing outside of the scheme, playing outside themselves, trying to force the turnovers. They were almost letting the turnovers come to them a little bit more. And that's exciting to see. And, and you know, they didn't have any turnovers against TCU, but again, it was a sound defensive effort. And they, they played a complete game really from start to finish, probably one of their best games over the last couple of years. Now, do you think that that's something that they're going to be able to replicate as they go into the final five conference games of the season? I really do. I, I think, they're growing every week, which is what you want to see, especially as a coach. You want to see those guys grow and get better. And I think they're doing it. And I, and another thing I like seeing is the way that they play. They play a lot of guys. And so you got a lot of guys that you could play and stick in there that, that games that uh, have experience now. And I think that's going to help out in the long run because, you know, guys get injured over the season. So I think that those guys are steady improving and it's, they got a lot to look forward to. Well, Brody, we appreciate you hopping on to talk about that. And we're going to stick around for segment three. And Brody's going to stick with us. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the Oklahoma football team. We're going to talk to him about playing in Lubbock, playing in Lubbock in a night game. <laughs> and look ahead to our Friday episode. We'll talk more about that matchup with Texas Tech. Stick around for more Locked On Sooners coming up next. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And we're back here on Locked On Sooners. Got one more segment here with former two-time All Big Twelve safety and second-round draft pick Brodney Poole. Brodney, as we look at the Oklahoma defense, 
there's been a lot of players step up here the last couple of weeks as they've started to right the ship and turn it around, create turnovers, have better coverage, make better tackles. I mean, across the board, there's been better defensive play. But who's the defensive player that you feel is a key to OU success down the stretch and finding a way to get back to Arlington? See, I've, I've went back and forth on this, man. I don't – I think it's going to take the whole group collectively because I don't I don't know one star yet. One guy hasn't stood out as the the guy that's going to change the game. And so I think that they have to do it as a group. And uh, I think they're trying to work towards that. And they're, they're looking a lot better. Yeah, this well, team doesn't really have a, a Kenneth Murray or a Neville Gallimore yet, somebody who that you can point to is kind of a star – it's going to lead this team. But who's the guy that you think can step up and really step into that role over the next five games of the season that maybe come December we're looking at this guy as, yeah, he's he's the star, he's the leader of that defense. Who's one guy that you think could be that guy? Oh, man, it's, it's tough, man. It's on each. I would say if I had to choose a guy, it would be 44, uh, really ready house. I would have to say him. Because he has, uh, when you watch him, he has a lot of talent and he makes plays, but he does it in spurts. And I think if he could become consistent and play up to his ability uh, consistently, that he could be a game changer, man. Because the kid is fast, he could cover. Uh, He has all the physical tools that you want. I think it's just part of, part, uh, part, a big part of him is the mental aspect of it. And I think if he, could consistently get that down, then he'll be a game changer. So, Rodney, to that point about, you know, this unit not having a star at the moment, you know, I I feel like if you look back to when you you and I came in that fall, Tommy Harris on the cover of Sports Illustrated, the whole defense is featured in that, in the cover on the inside. And it felt like for a while there, if you were a starter on the Oklahoma defense, you were not only a draft pick, but most likely a high draft pick. And the question was surrounding that is if you started for a year or two, it's are they leaving early to go to the draft? Yeah. How important do you feel like as we go forward with this defensive philosophy of Alex Grinch and they start to recruit a little bit better, how important is it to get those Kenneth Murrays consistently to have the star power that attracts more players behind that? I, I think that's huge, man, because my whole reason for going to OU was because the defense was so good. And I was looking up to guys like Brandon Average and – uh, Roy Williams, the guys that came before me, and I was I was looking up to those guys. I was like, I want to go be like those guys. So I think it's going to be huge for those guys to go out and recruit guys. Not only I, – I hear a lot about, you know, getting guys that are tall and uh, athletes. I, I would rather them just go out and get the best football player, man, because like Derek Strait, that guy, he was awesome. I looked up to him. And so I think you just got to get the best football players and – once you start building that uh, that that OU DNA on the defensive side of the ball, you build that back up, then kids are going to come. Because I mean, Oklahoma is in, it's in a perfect spot. I mean, they can recruit anywhere, and the school it, it recruits for itself. So, I mean, it's if once they get it going, it's going to get going. And what is a game like? What's going to happen Saturday night in Lubbock? It's going to be a nationally televised game at night at Texas Tech, on Halloween, <laughs> all these different storylines playing into it. What does a game like that do for OU and their recruiting? Because, you know, going deep into the heart of West Texas, uh, places where Odessa Permian, you know, big powerhouse football teams traditionally are, yep. 
what does it mean for Oklahoma to go into there and, and play a, a big primetime game? And how important is it for them to come out with a win, not just for the season, but just on the recruiting trail as well? Oh, man, I think it's huge, especially because you have all those Texas kids around. They're going to be looking and uh, watching and seeing what's happening, and especially like on the defensive side of the ball. You want to put on the show so you get some recruits out of some great recruits out of Texas on the defensive side of the ball. And so it's that place. I mean, it, it's in Texas, but when you travel there, you feel like it's not in Texas. You feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. Right. It's it's windy. It's always windy. But I don't. I have no idea why. And it just. I hated playing there, man. But <laughs> <laughs> but you have to play, and it's a nighttime game, and those are usually the best games. And so those guys are gonna have to go out there and put on a show. And, you know, my very first game to travel in conference was to Lubbock. And I have to say, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be because we kind of got there. It's like, it's, everything was exciting until we got to town. And it's like, oh. It, okay. The sucky hotel, man. The, um, like, yeah. what is this? Yeah. And, and, I, and it's funny because all the rest of the O-line was like, man, you know, D-Walk, it's not usually like this. Like, you know, I, I hate that this is your first game of travel. I promise it's usually better than this. And in my mind, I was like, is it? Okay, cool. You know, But I think. You know, when you get to Lubbock, you know, one of the things that has always been, you know, part of that equation is, you know, their fans and they're throwing the tortillas and they're, yep. they're really obnoxious. I mean, I remember they were uh, really uh, verbally abusive, especially oh, verbally are. abusive. Yeah, so, really I, you know, you're going to take some of that equation out with the limited crowd. So there's that element that's maybe off the table. That's not what your typical Lubbock experience would look like. You don't have Mike Leach on the sideline. You know, as as in your day, which would be crazy on Halloween, yeah. he probably would have some kind of pirate flair going on a Halloween <laughs> night. Like, can you imagine yeah. Mike Leach on Halloween night? Like, wow, we're missing out. <laughs> but but just you know, I think the stigma it it doesn't matter who the quarterback is at Texas Tech, and it hasn't really historically mattered. And you go back a couple years ago, they had a their starting quarterback gets hurt, uh, the backup comes in and just puts on a show and throws for four hundred yards on us and almost beats us. So I feel like it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. It's just crazy things tend to happen. So what is the what does the mindset need to be, especially the defensive backs against a team like that? Like what's the mentality going into to that game? They have to go in saying that they're going to get the uh, Texas Tech's best shot, and that we're going to have to make sure that we play our best, and we're going to have to play our best mental game of the year, not give up big plays, and make sure that everybody's rallying to the ball. And just make sure you have your best game of the season because that's a tough place to play. And even without the fans there, it's still going to be tough because mm-hmm. it's it's just hard to play there. And it's going to be windy. It's probably going to be a little cold. So they're going to have to take that out of their head and just go out and play their best game. All right, so forecasting that game on Saturday, coming off a couple wins, they're getting some confidence. But how do you see that game shaking out? Like what's your prediction? Uh, I think we're win by fourteen. No, now you say win by fourteen. That could be fifty six to forty two. <laughs> hey, I'm not. I'm not, hey, not going to pin you down, it's, but it's just you know. So I, I I might go off topic a little bit, but so like now teams like the SEC teams are getting a little bit uh, of that Big Twelve, uh, Big 12 offense, and it's tough on them now. You see that they have all those high scoring games, and the Big Twelve to me, has always been the best offensive conference for the last 10 years. You've had a bunch of offensive gurus and 
the game was ahead of all these other conferences. And it, it didn't look like defense was being played, but it was actually being played. It's just tough to play it, man. And so I think OU this week, they're going to get more stops than Tech will. And I think we're going to win by 14. I don't know if it's going to be a high-scoring game. It probably will, but I'm hoping for a lower-scoring score scoring game. <laughs> well, well, Brodney, you, you bring that up. Like, you know, a few years back, I think it was uh, maybe Baker's junior year, that Patrick Mahomes and Baker go into that like 70 to 63 or whatever that crazy, yeah. ridiculous, you know, video game that took yeah. place that day. And at the time, it was like, oh, yeah, Texas Tech doing their thing. Nobody really knowing that Pat Mahomes might be the, one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen. They, so they, everybody was just sleeping on him at the time. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. so now, like you said, you know, it's starting to creep into other conferences. But for Oklahoma this year, and we talked about it earlier this week a little bit, but it's kind of refreshing, I think, for Sooner fans from this standpoint that it's not about style points this season. It's not about, you know, how much you win by in love. It could survive in advance and find a way to defend the Big 12 yep. championship. So I think that, you know, to your point, winning by 14 is winning by 14. It's getting better. And if it's if there's improvement in that win, then that's really what matters. It's not about impressing the guys on college game day. It's about getting better each week and putting the win in the left-hand column and continue to march to Arlington. You are 100% correct on that. It's just, man, I, I, I've always said for these, when I was at Baylor, like, man, these, these people, they just don't realize how hard it is for these kids to play defense. Because you got these advanced offenses that stretch you out in different ways. And it's just, it's tough to defend. And the funny thing is we used to have uh, coaches like, uh, Coach Malzone, he would come in and, uh, he would try to get stuff, uh, from Coach Browse and those guys. And when, we tell them how simple it was, they wouldn't believe it. And so I think uh, that's what goes back to Coach Riley. Like, he's making stuff simple for his quarterbacks, and it's just it's part of the system. And it's it's a great thing to watch to, for kids to use their abilities and just get out there and go play and have fun. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting game coming up this weekend in Lubbock between the Oklahoma Sooners and the Texas Tech Red Raiders. And Rodney, we thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the show. We are very appreciative, and I think it's going to be great insight for our listeners. So anyway, Rodney, thank you so much, man, for joining the show. We appreciate it. Uh, no problem. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Make sure you come back and check us out tomorrow where we do our Texas Tech Oklahoma Sooners preview, and we will give you our keys to the game and matchups to look for uh, and go follow us on Twitter at Locked On Sooners, on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And so we're going to end the show while we got Rodney here. We're going to end the show like we do on a regular basis with a big old boomer. Sooner. Sooner. <laughs>